Yo, welcome to episode 146 of the Zaycoma Podcast. This your boy ZCP from the A63. How you doing? Today's episode, man, uh, not a whole lot to get into, honestly. It's, you see the title, you see the controversy. Top 10 small forwards. I told y'all about four days ago that the top 10 shooting guards was the hardest list I had to come up with. Top 10 small forwards might have been even more difficult. I didn't realize how much talent was actually stacked up at the small forward position until I looked at the list. I didn't even come up with an honorable mentions list because coming up with 10 was just difficult. Just off the top of my head, some people that I would like to put on this list as uh, honorable mentions. Just shoot. Off the top of my head, it's actually kind of crazy. I can't even. Like, DeAndre Hunter, I think, is a, a good a good enough name that I, I think I could put in the uh, honorable mentions list. Um Gordon Hayward, of course, like I said, consistent, consistent is everything, just wish he could stay on the floor consistently. But when he's on the floor, he's one of the more consistent players you can find in this league. Uh, role players like Reggie Bullock are like exceptional, to, like legit perfect for their role, never plays outside of his role. He's a 3 and D specialist, as if, they, if you ever found one. Um, Completely slipped my head, but Michael Porter Jr. Also, like I said, I wish he can come back healthy. Two years ago, he was really, really, really solid, and I think he can. I think he can get back to that. Uh, that uh, previous, uh, the two se- uh, seasons from two years ago, like he where he was like a, a bucket. He was a certified bucket, and last year didn't really show it. And then of course the injury happened that didn't really help his case much. OG Ananobi, I think, and y'all are probably looking at me crazy, like, how come OG Ananobi's not on this list? Believe me, small forwards are extru- have a lot of depth at that. Like, there's a lot of depth at that position, and it's just like he was the odd man out, but for sure, I think, and you know, in any other list, he probably would have made the top ten. To be fair, now that we got that out of the way, the number ten small forward in the NBA is Mikael Bridges. I know y'all tell me that. Uh, Zay, you always overhyping Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges ain't even like that. I'm about to make a bona fide claim on this podcast right now. Mikael Bridges is going to win the Defensive Player of the Year this year. I know Mikael Bridges was like one of my favorites last year, and it's kind of hard for a wing slash guard to win Defensive Player of the Year. Mikael, uh, sorry, Marcus Smart just showed y'all that it ain't as difficult if you just put in the work. Mikael Bridges absolutely put in the work, and he's since now that he got his money, I think he's going to have a career year. Had a really good season last year. I think he can uptick that to up to upwards of almost 20 points a game. Considering he's like the only small forward on this roster that's probably going to get significant minutes. I don't see Josh Okoge getting as many minutes. Uh, Ditto Damian Lee or uh, Cam Johnson will probably play more for this year. I kind of want him to start over Jay Crowder because I think Jay Jay Crowder's sort of on the, the back line of his career. But overall... Either way, they're going to be complimentary fits because Mikael Bridges, again, 3 and D specialist to the absolute core. I think he could be a little bit more than that. But, if, like I said, if he put on the, put the ball on the floor a couple times a game, get to the basket, he has the wingspan too. And I think that, like I said, 20 points a game isn't outside of the realm of possibilities with him. And, again, you can couple that with, at, at bare minimum, all defensive first team level defense. I think it legit be an all defensive, like I said, be a defensive player of the year type guy on this Phoenix Suns team. And, and he's going to be the reason that the Phoenix Suns stay where they are because 
I don't see another elite Chris Paul, Devin Booker type season like they did last year. So a couple of the guys like DeAndre Ayton, like Mikael Bridges, like guys off the bench with a uh, campaign. These boys have to step up because the rep is is no longer there. They're not re- a reputable top-level team in the West. Now that Minnesota has stacked up. Golden State's still elite. Um, the uh, Pelicans are, are up and up. They're getting Zion back. Denver's getting healthy. Like Dallas is still – they still have a, a, a reputation now. Like there's plenty of teams out West that can that can give them a run for their money if they're not careful. But I, I think a Mikael Bridges plus DeAndre Eaton uh, bounce back year for sure gets them uh gets them in that that upper echelon of Western Conference teams. Number nine on my list, we mentioned the Golden State Warriors earlier still being elite. Andrew Wiggins is the main piece to that pie, and I'm telling you right now, quietly Andrew Wiggins is the second best player on this team. Very quietly, but is it, he he's spoken that he is the second best guy. He was the second guy on this team. He is the second option. He is the second, like he's the guy that they go to. Steph because Steph Curry is not playing Steph Curry level basketball. Granted, Jordan Poole I think is a really good sco- uh, scores. Clay Thompson still has a struggle as as always. Draymond is the leader of this team by far. They have an exceptional uh, uh cast of role players. Andrew Wiggins is the glue guy to all of that. He's the guy that they go to for the threes. He is the guy that they put on the best player. He was guarding uh, Jason Tatum and was doing a really good job at that in the NBA Finals. He was guarding Luka Doncic better than basically anybody else that I've seen Luka Doncic, and that includes Mikael Bridges, who I just claimed would be a defensive player of the year. He was giving um, Denver's role players. He would make sure Denver's role players was not being what they were in the regular season. Ditto. In the uh in the Memphis series, he was like the one of the two people on the on the floor that can genuinely guard John Morant. Him and GP two, which that's a sore loss for the Golden State Warriors, by the way. We're like the only two people that can really keep up or can put a body on John Morant and sort of affect him in the paint. Like he was an elite level defender, which two years ago we would have not made that statement when he was with the Timberwolves. We would have not made the statement that he was an elite defender. He is an elite defender on this Golden State Warriors team. And I think it's just because of effort, honestly. Like, he had the talent. He had the intangibles. It was effort with him, though. And that effort showed with the Warriors. And I, I feel like an increased effort knowing that this is a contract year for him. He, this is the last year of his deal. And, you know, he can enter free agency. That is another bargaining chip for him to get better. Number eight on this list. This absolutely hurt my heart because, like, he's one of my dudes. And if you a, a long time viewer of the podcast, you absolutely know that this is one of my dudes. It's Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is, I still say, is the most underrated, one of the most underrated players in the NBA today. I think he's the most underrated scorer of all time. Can legitimate twenty point per game score for what six years of his career at this point? Last six years, twenty plus point per game score. And he's doing it in the most, the most. I won't even say basic, and I won't even say boring because I love it, and I would like to modern my game after Chris Middleton, one of the more quiet twenty point per game scorers of all time. And it's a shame that he's playing with potential MVP candidate in Giannis Antetokounmpo, another top ten point guard, and Drew Holiday, and again an exceptional cast of role players that won a championship a year and a half ago. 
Chris Middleton, again, like Andrew Wiggins, is the glue to all of that because, and again, you saw it in specifically in the 2021 playoffs, specifically in that Atlanta and uh, was it Brooklyn Brooklyn series. Chris Middleton sometimes in those in those two playoff series was the Batman to Giannis's Robin. Not saying that he was better than Giannis or that he is better than Giannis, but in those playoff series, he played like he was the best player in that series. Kevin Durant had an all timer series too when they lost. Trey Young was still he was okay. Chris Middleton was the direct reason for all of that. Bobby Portis played his role too, especially in the two games in Atlanta that Giannis missed. But Chris Middleton was the guy. He was the number one option consistently on a team that ended up winning the championship. That holds weight. Now, every other person on this list, except for maybe one or two, well, obviously one person, but another person maybe also, are the legit number ones on their team. He is the legit number one on his, or the number one on his team with some caveats there. He is the guy that they go to in the mid-range. He's the guy that they go to at the three-point arc. Granted, Giannis is the guy that they like to play bully ball with, but Chris Middleton is the guy that they're absolutely going to, to, to go get his own shot without putting his body in danger. Number seven, Brandon Ingram. Again, the, you can see how tight, the, his, how elite this list is. Brandon Ingram is an all-star caliber scorer, and I have zero bad things to say about Brandon Ingram. It's just this talent pool is ridiculous, small forward position. And Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram is actually the second youngest player on this list, actually third youngest player on this list, my bad, behind uh, Jason Tatum and Mikael Bridges. And... Brandon Ingram, I think, has another five, six years of elite, 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 elite scoring. And I think probably another 10 years, honestly, of good scoring. I think he'll probably take a step back in his what, third year, 35, 36 season, obviously, because most people do. I think Brandon Ingram is still going to be a good score for time to time. And it's not, and he doesn't really use athleticism in his games. He is athletic, don't get it twisted, but he's not like a guy that's going to jump out the gym to get his buckets, he's going to be a guy that he's going to find his spot in the mid-range and going to take that fadeaway. And it works 10 out of 10. He's averaged 27, 26, 25 points a game just shooting those type of shots. And with Brandon Ingram, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they um use him, Zion, and CJ together because we actually obviously have never seen them play together. I think Come October 1st, preseason is going to be a real test to see if Brandon Ingram is going to be the one option or if Zion's going to be the one. I I uh, I preference by saying Brandon Ingram is the number one scoring option. Zion's just the guy that you go play bully ball with. But for, for like getting a legitimate shot, like a good shot, Brandon Ingram is going to be the best player on this, the best guy on that team for that for that uh for that role. Number six, again, this is tight to put. For this list, but I have Jimmy Butler. Yep, that's gonna go. That's gonna be clipped, and that's gonna be used as this is why you don't listen to this podcast. Jimmy Butler again is an absolute elite player. He is an All NBA level player, and it's an All. He's an All Star, perennial All Star. Is just there's so, again there's so much talent. I, I hate to repeat myself, but like this is there's this is the most talented position in the NBA. No joke. The shooting guard position for sure is talented. The point guard position we saw was absolutely deep. And this small forward position is no different. Like, looking at the five guys that I have on this list, 
there's nobody I don't think I'd, I'd take Jimmy over. But Jimmy Butler, I'd still have as a number one on my contending team. Championship team? That has, is yet to be seen. But a team that can contend, a team that can get to the finals, a team that can get to the uh, conference finals, and one hilariously close miss three away from an NBA, another NBA finals appearance. Multiple conference conference finals appearances when he was in Chicago, or conference semifinals, my bad. Semifinals and conference finals when he was in Chicago. Rarely a dude that you're going to have missed the playoffs. He didn't didn't miss in Minnesota. He rarely missed it in Chicago. I think he might have missed one year in Chicago. Honestly, probably not even that one year in Chicago, to be fair. But never missed in Chicago, didn't miss in Minnesota, obviously didn't miss in Philly, and hasn't missed the playoffs in Miami. Like, he's a guy that you you go to was like, I need you to be the leader of my team. Jimmy Butler is the an A-plus leader on this on the team and potentially one of the best leaders at the small forward position, like just bona fide locker room guys. He fits that, that, uh, that leadership role to an absolute T. Number five. You can have your arguments. DeMar DeRozan is still elite. I think for what we saw two years ago in San Antonio, he was pretty much held back. I don't think there's uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any like bones to pick about that. And Dejounte Murray made it clear that Pop is not the guy that you wanna that you wanna build superstars with. You wanna build a super team with a super in-house team. And I think that's kind of what they're doing in San Antonio anyway with this rebuild. But DeMar DeRozan showed that, yeah, I can average 20.6 rebounds, six assists in Greg Popovich's system, or I can average 27 in Chicago free willing and still make the playoffs. That he could, he played both in pretty effectively, too. He did it in San Antonio. And, of course, in Chicago last year, had me screaming MVP throughout the first or uh, MVP throughout the first half of the season. Granted, the Bulls fell off an absolute cliff and it, it really didn't mean anything. But in the first half of the year, people were crying that DeRozan wasn't an MVP candidate. I was one of those people. Like Demar Derozan, is still again elite player. Yeah, say what you want about whatever he what he does in the playoffs. What he does in the playoffs has nothing to do with his talent as a player. That is simply just the bright lights being too bright. That's all it is. And again, that 99% of people in the NBA don't have the bright light ability. There's a select few in the NBA that can perform elite under the bright lights. A guy that I'm going to talk about later, honestly, two guys I'm going to talk about later, are guys that did not, and mostly, mostly, didn't really perform when the the lights were at their brightest. And they're still elite players. So let's not act like DeMar DeRozan's playoff ability takes away from him as a player. It is simply just wrong place, wrong time. Number four, one of those guys that we were going to talk about, Paul George. Yes, Paul George. I I went back. He is a small forward. I think honestly, should he played mostly power forward, but I think that would have been that would have just been way too confusing to put parts of Paul George in the power forward list. But legitimately, Paul George, I think, is one of the best. Scores in the NBA, and I just wish he was on the floor to do it. Last year, he missed a lot of time. Of course, uh, caught COVID at the end of playing, and unfortunately didn't get to play. I think the Clippers would have been a playoff team if the play, like I said, if he didn't catch COVID. But overall, Paul George still solid as usual. He's still, I don't even say solid. I think he's still elite. I just again, if he was on the floor, 
he can show you why he's the fourth best player, uh, both uh, fourth best small forward. That might just be me looking through my nostalgia uh, glasses, but Paul George two years ago took 18 to the conference finals and was honestly really close to getting to the NBA finals. I feel like a Devin Booker game, uh, that Devin Booker, or honestly, Chris Paul in that series was absolutely elite. And I feel like if we didn't get elite, elite, elite level Chris Paul, the Clippers go to the finals and you can make your arguments whether they come back or they beat the Bucks or not. I doubt it, but like I said, there's arguments to be made. Paul George being this good, being that guy, is not unusual to him because he was that guy in OKC. He was an MVP candidate and defensive player of the year candidate. And obviously, in Indiana was where he made his name. Like, this is not new to Paul George, and he's going to show everybody this year that he is – he's going to be the number two, obviously. But being the number two to – spoilers on this list – the number two small forward in the NBA, in the NBA is not a bad uh, idea at all. Like, it's not bad for him at all because he absolutely has the talent to be the number one. He is just, you know, falling into place where he has to be the number two. Number three on this list, Jason Tatum. People are probably going to argue Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's in the shooting guard list. You can go watch that episode. Jason Tatum, I think, is the third best small forward in the list. And, again, we were talking about earlier, guys that didn't perform uh, under the bright lights. Just being honest with you, Jason Tatum was dog shit in the NBA Finals. Like, he was not good. He sucked in the Finals. But he had all-time classics in the Buck series. He had all-time classics in the Heat series. He had all-time classics in the Brooklyn Nets series. Jason Tatum had an elite scoring playoff performances in the first three seas- uh, three series and unfortunately just cracked one in the finals. I think this doesn't, again, this absolutely does not take away from Jason Tatum being an elite-level NBA player. He's still top 15 to me, top 10 in some people's eyes. I personally don't think so, but top 15 in most people's eyes. And it's still... Going to uh, it's going to show its, its head this year. I think for sure it's going to it's probably going to be a close to 26, 27 point per game season from Jason Tatum, and still really good defense. I think the Boston Celtics is still a really good team. I think with Malcolm Brogdon at the helm, they're going to be a little bit more of a controlled offense. And controlled offense means Jason Tatum can go ISO, and like I said, and if Jason Tatum's stuck, then Malcolm Brogdon can run the offense. But overall, this is going to be Jason Tatum ISO season and. Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if he hit like closer to 30. Jason Tatum has 30 potential to me. And again, you can come back to this podcast all day long if Jason Tatum has a a a, a step back season where he's averaging like 21, 22 on okay efficiency. Yeah, you can come back to this, this episode and make me look like a fool, but Jason Tatum ain't going to make me look like a fool this year. All NBA for sure. Number 2. This is going to uh, be a topical conversation, especially if he has an MVP-level season or if he's just injury-prone again. Number two is Kawhi Leonard. I'm more than ready to see Kawhi Leonard back on the NBA floor. Again, three years ago was an NBA champion, finals MVP. Came to the Clippers. They were a contender until he unfortunately got injured with the ACL. Well, really, in the first year, he was they just lost. But second year, at the ACL, missed all of last year. I think he missed all of last year for a reason. He is ready. This is I think this is the year. This is why I have the Clippers rated so high in the in my power rankings because 
uh, Kawhi Leonard is going to come back. Remember, the Clippers were really a playoff team. They were the AC. They were a playoff team with Chris, or sorry, without Kawhi Leonard. They are a contender with Kawhi Leonard. Keep in mind, eighth seed without Kawhi in ninety percent of Paul George this year. They are a contender with those two coming back, and that's why they are two of the top four small forwards in the league. I'm putting Kawhi here at two, only because, like I said, pure off of you know half half full glasses. Like he can easily be three and has to work his way back to two. But I'm not gonna be that guy. He's still an elite level talent at the small forward position. It is just a shame that, like I said, he missed all of last season because a lot has happened in the last year, and people have kind of put Kawhi on the on the on the wayside, and it's like eh, Kawhi Leonard he ain't all that. Kawhi Leonard is going to show you that he is indeed all that. And of course, number one small forward in the league is LeBron James. I don't really have to give you a reason why it's LeBron James. He does it. He shows you on the court why he's the best small forward in the league. With that being said. I think we can close. The, is there any, has there been any news? I'm trying to. I'm legit thinking. Has there been any news off the top of my head? Has there listen, anybody signed anywhere? Oh my god. Oh, I'm my bad, y'all. I forgot. The Philadelphia 76ers listened to my podcast because I legit told them on Friday that if they or no, it was Tuesday. My bad. It was Tuesday I did this. On Tuesday, that if they had signed a center, then they'd be a contender. About three hours later, I don't even think days, I think hours later, <laughs> they signed Montrezl Harrell, which admittedly, I was like, wait, Montrezl Harrell? Can be, people picking up Montrezl Harrell? But then I realized that that man is not in prison. He's just on, basically on probation. So... Shout out to the 76ers for picking up a center. I thought they were going to go like a bigger route, guy that can kind of rebound, play a little bit of defense. But they went more of the, the scoring big man route, which I look at the time. You have 440 they signed. We closed the podcast at about, about an hour and a half earlier than that. So, yeah, not even three. Like, legit, like, less than two hours later, they signed Montrez Harrell. That was that was legit. I I'm, I love that. I love that. 76ers listening to my podcast. That's insane. They they got in contact with Montrezl Harrell, and boom, they are a contender now. That because that's how that works. Um, but yeah, I think that's like the only news that's come out in the last like two three days. Like, yeah, the Portland Trailblazers signed a couple of dudes to uh to exhibit ten contracts. Shout out to Olivier Saar also for uh getting picked up. But overall, yeah, like I said, this is still the dead part of the offseason. So, uh, oh, oh, my God. I almost closed the podcast and I, 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 and I forgot I had a whole segment for y'all. So I went to I went to this, my social medias and I went I said I wanted my people to ask a few questions because overall they didn't have to be basketball questions. But I kind of wanted I, I would have preferred basketball questions, but not all of them are basketball questions. So I'm still going to answer them. But. Like I said, yeah, there was a couple of questions that a couple of questions weren't even basketball questions. I just answered them on my social medias because it's like, why is? Uh, <laughs> but one of the questions was, uh, is it true? And I, I had to like post it on my my snap because it's like, what is what is this? Is it true? What? And it was apparently about my Twitter account getting deactivated or getting uh zap. My Twitter account did not get uh get zapped, y'all. I just deactivated for a few hours and I came back. I actually had a conversation with my boys at uh, the Public Enemies podcast. Uh, they <laughs> legit, 
was uh because they was it was like oh they kicked 25 people 25 and older off of twitter and it was like they're gonna uh, get us off the, and i was like hey you should like sell me the uh the the twitter account or something like that but then like i said that was after the, my i deactivated by the way i didn't deactivate it was no like bullying nothing nothing happened i just deactivated my twitter like i, I do that at random every few months or whatever but yeah we say twitter is still going strong and that's about it um this is a basketball question what does barney making it to the league mean to lebron's career um i think the obvious one is like he's going to play with his son for a year and that's probably going to be his last season i think he's legit holding on just to get barney into the league but uh Barney coming to it doesn't mean as much as we want to put it. Like I feel like if Bronny is uh <laughs> I feel like Bron Barney making it to the league. I honestly I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm following the hype train. I think Bryce is gonna have a longer career than Barney. I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it that way. But Bryce making it to the career. I think Bron Bronny making it to the NBA to play with Bron does more for Bronny's career long-term than it does for Bron long-term or Bron short-term. Overall, like, Bronny is... Obviously, he's still re refining his game. There's like to, there's no bones about it. I don't think he's an elite-level high school guy, but for sure, I think, like I said, he's playing... He's under LeBron James Sr. Like, come on now. He's under his own... He's under his, he's under his dad. Like, he's going to learn the game as much as humanly possible. Obviously, that helps Bronny's career more than it does Bron. But I think it's, there's still some uh, some perks of for playing with his son in his final year for sure. Next, who is your MVP for the uh, for this season? Um, I kind of can't answer that question only because September 23rd. Yes, I'm working on my birthday. Uh, that question uh, that question will be answered as I am doing. My predictions list at the end of the, uh, at, the, at the end of the off season, or I guess yeah, I guess you can call it the end of the off season. Um, so like I said, we'll be doing MV, uh, MVP. Unfortunately, last year my list got blocked, and uh, I got none of them right. But like I said, it was just cool uh, to do that kind of a list. Actually, yeah, no, I didn't get it right. I didn't get any of them right. But uh, yeah, like my actual one got blocked last year because there was music playing in the background that wasn't like not copyright music <laughs> like there was it was like somebody was listening to like chief keith in the background because that was at that point we were still doing by podcast in the gym so like that was like that was a, a huge no-no by uh by spotify slash uh anchor but now i think we're we now that we're in a completely different space doing the podcast pretty quiet area i think we're going to be able to actually get to upload our predictions this year but for sure for sure We'll get that episode out before uh, the preseason. So, like I said, you get my MVP, rookie of the year, uh, six man of the year, most approved player, defense player of the year, which I kind of spoiled in this episode anyway. Um, leading scorer, leading rebounder, passer, steals, blocks, minutes, and, oh, coach of the year also. And I think it was one other – was there one other award that, uh, that I'm just I'm missing? I don't remember. But, yeah, you're going to get that episode. Up. That's going to be September 23rd, if my math is correct, because 13th is power forwards, 16th is centers, and 19 is uh, – I forgot what the – I forgot the 19th. I said it on the podcast, and I was like, what What am I doing on the 19th? That was another episode that I had planned for y'all, but for sure, you're going to get 
power forward centers and whatever the 19th is. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the episode to uh to remember what I said was going to be the 19th. Um but yeah, man, I think we can close the podcast out right there. Uh, if you missed the previous 145 episodes, yes, 145 episodes of this podcast, you can check them out on Spotify, on Google Podcast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Prime, or sorry, Amazon Music. Jeez, I done messed up my own outro. And of course, right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Bye.